Well, uh, welcome to the Slide Podcast, uh, Salt, Light, and Yeast. And uh, this is uh, Stephen Ambrose and Matthew Kirkpatrick from Wapak Naz, right here on the corner of Court and Denton uh, in Wapakoneta. And uh, this is our second of, of hopefully many podcasts that are that are uh, that we'll bring to you. And uh, we just want you to know that we we are praying for you, that we love you in this time of crisis um, in our nation and in our globe. And the Sly Podcast is is kind of off the cuff, unscripted. Um, Matthew and I have have conversations over over the work week in each other's offices and we thought we want to bring some things to you uh in this time and in this uh um while you guys are we're we're all in our homes for the most part um unless you're you're one of the essential workers um in our communities and so we just are processing things just like you and, and matthew for for me um let's just kind of put some context to where we are right now um on march 25th 2020 um, just recently, uh, our governor, uh, Mike DeWine, has basically put a, a lockdown on most, if not every aspect of society, um, except for the essentials, and uh, you can find those essentials. Uh, how this has impacted impacted me uh, and my wife, uh, our store is now closed. Um, we are doing a little business online, um, a, few, a few calls here and there. Uh, where people have been able to come and pick up things, but our, our business has closed. The physical locations is closed, yeah. Brick and mortar is closed yeah. uh, as of uh, Monday evening yeah. at 8.30. And so we're, my wife is doing a lot of deep cleaning and repair work and and making sure that, that the store, when, when we reopen, uh, is, is moving forward. I asked you earlier, um, you know, how are you guys doing? And yeah, I mean we're we're pretty uh, not a whole lot's changed for us. Yeah. My wife was working from home, um, doing a job that um, has been temporarily halted um, yeah. because it's it's a group activity kind of a thing, um, and so she's still at home, which where she was working, but she's not doing that job anymore. But that wasn't something that was um, necessarily our livelihood that was helping pay down debt more quickly and that kind of thing. So um, it hasn't really impacted us in a in a huge financial way um, to this point. And, and my boys um, are both young enough that they weren't going to school every day um, or anything like that. So this hasn't altered um, a whole lot of our of our plans, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but um, interestingly enough, you know, you, you never know as a, as a parent what kind of things are going through the minds of your kid yeah. um, and, and how old is old enough to grasp what's going on and, and what level are they grasping it. And so... Um, I took Dean to the doctor's office the other day, not related to any of this, but just for a, a, an appointment that he had. And um, he always likes to go to the doctor's office and wait in the room or in the waiting room. And he likes to look at all the magazines. We don't have magazines at home, but he likes seeing all these magazines. And he gives me one and says, hey, look at this. And you read this one and I'm going to read this one. And of course, he reads it in about 30 seconds. He's four. Um, he'll be five here in June. So he reads in about 30 seconds and then takes my book and goes, grabs another one and he swaps them all out. Uh, but when we were in the ra- the waiting room here on Tuesday, um, the magazines were put away. Um, obviously, the, the yeah. staff had put away all the magazines. They didn't want people touching them and having to clean them constantly. And so um, the magazines were put away. The TV remote was put away. The TVs were off. Um, and, and there was just this um, eeriness to the waiting room that's yeah. not usually there. Um, <laughs> and he picked up on that. Um, and he yeah. said, why is everything so different? Um, we were driving past... Uh, the park 
that he like, likes to go to the swing set and stuff. And, and they've got him all blocked off. All of our parks are closed. Yeah. Um, and so he's, he's asking that question, when can we go to the park again? Um, when can we go on the slides? Um, and so we're having some of these conversations um, about germs and, and that kind of stuff that we've had conversations before about, like, make sure you cover your, your sneezes and all that kind of stuff. But, like, him grasping the magnitude compared to the common cold yeah. Um, it, it's it's not computing for him, and so we're having some of these conversations um, that I'm sure other parents are having too um, with their kids, their little ones, and 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 even teenagers are processing these things sometimes not verbally. Yeah. Um, they're internalizing it and they're asking questions, um, and it's a struggle for parents to figure out how to have some of these conversations, how to bridge some of this, and 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 talk about what's going on and and why people are making the decisions they're making. Um, why are we closing these stores and keeping these ones open? Um, how are we determining that? What's essential? Um, yeah. Does that mean my my job is more valuable because I'm essential than the person who doesn't have a, a quote-unquote essential job? Um, absolutely not, right? Um, all of our jobs are part of, of what we do, but but that's part of the conversation. That's part of the dynamic that's going on, and, and we're developing that with our four-year-old, um, as I'm sure a lot of other people are with, with kids who are older. Mm-hmm. And so... We're at this point where the virus um, is doubling or doubling about every three days. Ohio has the last I heard there's six six deaths. There are six people who have lost their lives to to this. Yeah, don't um, and, and just as a point, don't get your news from this podcast. We're, yes, please we'll, don't. We'll try to be as accurate as we as <laughs> no. we know to be, but we're not trying to dis, to, to are, relay news to you. We so are not experts. Yeah, so don't uh, so don't in, in don't anything. look at this for news, but <laughs> but we do want to to kind of yeah, frame the, the conversation with some data. And and this is this is the context that we're in, and and um, you know, for us as a church, um, we we did have service on Sunday, but our our service looked different. Uh, our service was not in the sanctuary. Our, our service was um, a drive-through service, uh, really unorthodox and out-of-the-box, um, creative thinking, um, where we had people come to a parking lot, not ours. Uh, we partnered with uh, our local uh, athletic club, Wapak Athletic Club. Shout out to Jeff and Rebecca. Thank you for that. Um, and we're going to be partner with, partnering with them again. But we had people drive through, um, drive around their parking lot, and we stood at a decent distance, uh, safe distance, and, and asked people, um, how are you and what can we pray for you for? And then we prayed for them, mm-hmm. uh, wrote down their, their prayer requests, and then they drove off. Yep. Um, short, sweet, simple, um, not complicated, um, didn't have to write a sermon that, that week. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of, and this is kind of where we're heading here. Um, when Jesus was on the cross, um, he quoted a he quoted a scripture uh, as as he was as he was suffering as he was suffocating uh, asphyxiating um, and, and suffering for the world's sins. Um, he said, "My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me?" Uh, well, he he said, "My God, my God, why have you forsaken me?" And, and he's quoting David. He's quoting Psalm 22. Yeah. And, and that psalm continues, Why are you so far from saving me? So far from the words of my groaning. Oh my God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer by night and am not silent. Um, and what seems to be 
a question that some have asked, um, that some have not asked but want to ask, that seems to be this this um, shroud over our, our nation and even our world, is where is God in all of this? Yeah. Where is he? Um, and, and the atheist would say, um, see, I told you there's no God, because if God is a loving God, then why is all this happening? Um, he can't exist because there is this suffering. Um, there is this spread of this virus. And look what's happening to society. People are out of work. People are living paycheck to paycheck at this point. Um, parents are wondering if they're going to have finances in the future to feed their, their kids, to, to be sheltered, to have gas to go into their car. Will they have a job in about four weeks, five weeks, eight weeks? What's going to happen with our, our country? Is there going to be recession? Where is God in all this? And, and so, again, we're probably not going to unpack this completely. Um, this is only the beginning of a conversation that we're having. So if there's a lot of um, untied ends, uh, that's okay. So, well, I mean, even to to the point of the scriptures you point out, like this is not a, a new question. No, it's not. Uh, it, it's 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 a question you you alluded to the fact that we haven't really had this conversation uh, in public about this circumstance. But pretty much every disaster um, that ever occurs, that's one of those conversations that comes out. Every tornado, every tsunami, every earthquake, where is God in the midst of this? Um, every world war, um, every small war, where is God in the midst of Particularly this? Particularly World War One. Yeah. Um, and, and so this this is not a new conversation. No. Uh, it's not a new question. Um, David was wrestling with it. Um, Jesus quoted it. Um, David's wrestling with this, where is God in the midst of it? Um and so we naturally ask this question, and, and this question uh, for a believer is not a question that negates your faith in Jesus necessarily. No, not at all. Um, this is not a question that, that you should feel guilty asking. Well, there's a lot of people that have come to me and asked me, is it okay for me to ask, to, to, to have these types of questions yeah. in my faith? And, and I say, why not? Yeah. Um, why wouldn't you have questions, these big questions of God? God's huge. Um, God's a big God. He's got big shoulders. He can handle the questions um, as long as we're willing to, to sit and wait and listen um, to his answer. Um, yeah. So, and, and I like to look at it like, like the wrestling. Jacob wrestled with the angel of the Lord. Um, Genesis. In Genesis. Um, and it's, it's this struggle over it. Um, you haven't come to... Uh, peace about the answer to this question, um, but what you're doing is you're continuing to lean into God and ask the hard question, so, and that doesn't negate your faith. So uh, that increases your faith. Let me ask you: So, it where is God in all this? What what are your thoughts here? Well, there, there's a lot of stuff at play. Yeah. Um, here again, if if we go down the go down the um, the history trail, and we talk about wars, um, specifically um, what they would call conventional warfare, which is what you're going to think of when you think of World War One, World War II, um, thinking of, of troops coming up to troops, um, mm -hmm. which the conflicts that we've seen in more recent years don't look a lot like that. But but when we talk about those classical wars, one of the things that came out of, of um, one of the things that came out of particularly trench warfare um, was this conversation that there are no atheists in foxholes. 
This is a common phrase um, yeah. that was used. And, and now I've talked to many veteran atheists um, who disagree with that statement yeah. um, because they wrestle with the where is God in this. Now, what that statement is getting at is this idea that um, when fear becomes so un, uh, so invasive mm -hmm. to our lives, um, we begin to grasp onto things that we just hope are true, even if we don't know they're true. Um, we, we hope that there Wait. is something better. Repeat that. Yeah. Repeat that. We, we grab, grab onto things that we hope are true, even if we don't know they're true. Okay. Um, and so this isn't to say that that's a, necessarily a 100% valid statement. There are no atheists and foxholes. But in moments of fear and panic, uh, we often tend to do either we recoil and we hide and we shut off everything yeah. or we embrace things we don't understand um, because the hope in, its, in the reality of that thing we don't understand is what's getting us through that moment of fear and confusion and stress. Um, so that's that's a foundational um, answer to that question. It hasn't answered your question yet. That's a foundational backdrop to where is God in the midst of this. Um, but here again, be, being um, trained and serving in the National Guard, and, and my exposure to the military life, I think a lot in terms of warfare yeah. Um, yeah. and combat. Um, and so for me, I, I still tend to think of God in, in terms, or not God, but in this conversation in terms of, of combat. Um, where is God in the midst of this? Mm -hmm. um, and when we think of trench warfare here again, when you're, they've dug a hole in the ground. Um, if you don't know what trench warfare is, you've dug a hole in the ground, and it's, it's a little bit higher than your head so that you can stand up underneath there um, and peek your rifle up over the top of it and shoot at the guys who you're trying to kill on the other side. Gruesome, brutal. Um, but when you're in that trench, you're not going anywhere. It's a war of attrition. Yeah. You, you, it's, it's you're hoping you can last in that hole longer than the guys can last in the hole over there. No one takes territory. Nobody's moving. You're staying there. There's no plumbing. There's no bathrooms. So everything you're doing, you're doing there. Okay. So how does this? How so, does this... so how does this tie? Right. Um, the bonds that people have in those moments, when you're in the worst suffering, uh, in the worst situation, are the bonds that that tie people together um, and weather storms. And for me, um, God became flesh. In. Uh, and John chapter one is is tantamount. To the word this. became flesh. Yeah, the word, be, word became flesh. Word being Jesus Christ became flesh. In the beginning was the word. The uh -huh. Word was with God. The word was God. Uh -huh. was with God in the beginning. Yep. And so Jesus lived this life with us. He wrestled with these questions as a man. He wrestled with these questions that we wrestle with. And so God has already come alongside of us in every bit of our humanity. In every bit of our suffering and in every bit of our questioning, God has already come alongside of us. That's Christmas. Yeah, it's Christmas. It's before that's before this has even taken place. Yeah. So God was in the midst of it before we even came into it. Um, because Christmas is Emmanuel, God with us. Yeah. That's the whole story of Christmas. We're always in Christmas. God is not not with us now. He's always with us because it's a plug Jesus for is, one of your sermons, by the way. Yeah, yeah because, <laughs> because Jesus is alive. Um, because Jesus is alive. That's yeah. what we celebrate the resurrection for. Yeah. Because God has not stopped being with us just because we don't see God in the midst of it. 
So back to the question, where's God in all this? And so looking at the cross um, and looking at that moment, um, and it's in, at the end of each of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we as believers in Christ and followers of God, um, we look at the cross and we can actually, in, in Christ's suffering, um, and probably the most ultimate evil that happened in the history of humanity in that moment, we can look at that and say, God is in that moment. God is in that suffering. God is in that, um, the death of Christ. He is, he is there. Um, although Christ is quoting this, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We have Jesus Christ, fully man, fully human, on the cross, um, suffering for humanity, dying for the sins of humanity, bearing the weight of humanity, but out of that death, out of his death, comes life. Yeah. So back to this question, where's God in all of this coronavirus, all this fear, all this panic, and, and even death and diagnosis? Where is he? Yeah. Well, here again, uh, you know, what did Jesus say after he came back? So Jesus died on the cross. He resurrected. He came back to the disciples, and he was with them for, for a few weeks. Um, 40 days. 40 days. Uh, and he talked to them, and he shared with them. And, and Scripture doesn't have a whole lot of detail of what they did during that 40 days. There's a little bit, but there's not a lot. Um, but I'm sure he spent a lot of time just talking to them, um, encouraging them, preparing them for his leaving again, okay. um, right? Um, and so what did he say he was going to leave with them? He said he was going to leave with them the Holy Spirit. Um, he said he was going to leave with them, send with them a helper, someone to guide them, someone to to give them power to do things. The Holy Spirit. Yeah, the Holy Spirit. Um, and so the Holy Spirit is, is what Christians since that time have understood to be the thing that gives us power and the ability to do things that makes no earthly sense. Agreed. Right? Um, and so uh, I, I think of, of Eugene Peterson. He's an author. Yeah. Um, he, he paraphrased. He's the, the author of the, the message, Paraphrase of the Bible. He's written a bunch of other books. One of his, one of his quotes, and I'm not going to quote it exactly right, um, but one of his quotes, you'll get the gist, um, regards to pastors and ministers is, a pastor is at his best or her best uh, when they're completely unnoticed. When they've done the ministry of preparing others to do the work. The invisible, yeah. Yeah, the invisible pastor is, is at their, their pastoral best yeah. um, because they are not the one who's at the center of attention. And that's been a driving force for me as a pastor um, the last several years. Um, but when it comes to the Holy Spirit and this conversation of where is God in the midst of it, God is at his best when we are the ones doing the work that he's empowered us to do. That's correct. God has, has given us the ability and the power to love, to care, and to challenge people and to grow people through the power of the Holy Spirit working inside of us. And so it's still God doing it. It's not us doing it, right? So well, we've got we've got theology here that we're we're unpacking a little bit, but Yeah. Yeah, but it is physically us doing it. Yeah, we choose. So where is God in the midst of it? Well, what are we doing? So really so let's put a pin in that real yeah. quick because we, I was going to end this with saying, rather than asking where God is in, is the question that we really need to be asking is, 
where's the church yeah. in this, right? So that is something that, that I want us to wrap up on. Yeah. Um, but even so, so let, let's come, we're, we're going to come back to that. But let, let, let's, gr- granted, um, the Holy Spirit is in his people, um, and his people are in this moment and are empowered and, and equipped um, to, to do good in their hood, um, in, in their homes, and in, in, in their neighborhoods, and in their communities, which the church should be doing that in the first place. All the time. All the time. Um, but in times of crisis, this is great opportunity. There is space that is created um, in this moment for the church to step into um, and, and to really um, deepen their relevance in their communities. But on a theological perspective, um, our friends that have no understanding of Scripture, maybe, or have very little understanding, or or no semblance of belief, that still doesn't answer the question. Yeah. Right. Um, of where is God in all this? So, you know, I, if if I'm an atheist. Um, and I'm looking around and I, I point out suffering and I point out this coronavirus and it's, it's rapid movement since the end of December uh, from China to Thailand to Japan, South Korea to Europe to the States and all the other um, wonderful places in the world. Um, and I look at that and I say, that that's, there's no God in this. Explain to me briefly. Don't 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 sugarcoat it. Don't theologically, um, in, you know, muddy it up. Tell me where God is in this. Well, quite frankly, just because we don't see God doesn't mean He's not there. Correct. I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, here again, and and so like this question is a question that we've been asking since the beginning of time yeah. because. We can't definitively answer this question in a way that makes everybody happy. No. There's there's not a, a concrete, solid, scientific, reasonable explanation for this. Yeah. There's faith that comes with it. Um, yeah. So so you can't argue your way into an atheist's brain um, and, and make this your goal. Is I'm going to convince every atheist that God is, is still at work and Correct. he's the king of peace and all this kind of stuff. Because we can't reason it all the way. There has to be a level of faith. Yeah. Um, and so when we when we engage in this conversation um, with people, because it is good to engage in it, it's not, I'm not to say we shouldn't ever have this conversation. No, we, we shouldn't. Or we, we, we should definitely we have should this have conversation. We should have the conversation. And as Peter says in First in Peter, um, do it with gentleness yeah. and respect. Exactly. Uh, giving everyone not an apologetic um, argument as to why God exists or, or why he does not exist, um, but... Um, give the the reason for your hope. Yeah. Essentially, tell your before and your after, yeah. and do good. And back to where, don't ask the question necessarily. Uh, ask the question where God is, but asking the question where's where's the church? Yeah. Because when the church steps up as a representative, empowered by the Holy Spirit, which I know you were going going yeah. to head to. Yeah. Um, when the church steps up as the representative, empowered and equipped by the Holy Spirit, and people see the church. Not a building, the people who love Jesus, who are disciples of Jesus. When people see the church do good, 
for no other reason but because they love God and they love people. Um, even when it becomes, especially when it's sacrificial. Yeah, especially when it's detrimental to you. Yeah. But when the church steps in, those that, that aren't a part of the body of Christ or who have no semblance of belief in God, they see that and they say, okay. They begin to wonder, yeah. is there really a God? But I want to, I, I want to go from, from, I just want to say, you know, if, if you remove, let, let's just say um, the atheist, this is hypothetical, but let's just say the atheist, um, there is no God, right? Let's just say there is no God. Yeah. My question would be, or my statement would be, look around. Okay, congratulations, poof, there's no God. But look around, what do you see? You see the, the human story playing itself out in suffering, in violence, in wickedness, and in evil. Congratulations, no God, but there's still suffering and evil. Yeah. Right? You still haven't gotten hope. You still haven't gotten hope. But with, with God, there's hope. Um, yes, there's still suffering and evil and wickedness, but there, there is hope. In all of this darkness, mm -hmm. there is hope in all of that darkness. So you can't point to suffering and say there's no God because there is suffering, because there's gonna still be suffering even if there isn't God. Right. Because the human um, humanity continues to write that story, and the only way that story can change is by the transformation of the human heart, and that's where. God is and wants to to set um, set up the a movement and a radical transformation of humanity and that back to Christ on the cross it is Christ on the cross that is the answer to the question yeah. and it's Christ resurrected that is the answer to the question where is God in all this and um, I, I know we I, I don't what what are your responses to that no I mean I you know as a as a point of just conversation, when we talk about uh, theology, you know, when, I remember being a novice at theology when I was starting my education. So, so you're no longer a novice, well, you're an expert? Well, according to the piece of paper on my wall, I'm a master. Um, <laughs> Jeez. But uh, I, don't, I don't just right. go sharing that anywhere all the time. But, uh, you know, that's just what it is. It's but anyway. Piece of paper. Um, no, but like w w when you're beginning to talk about theology, we're beginning to learn about theology from a, yeah. a practical educational standpoint, because you can learn about theology and not have a faith. Correct. Um, so when you're look learning theology from a, an educational standpoint, uh, your tendency um, starting out, at least mine was, was to segment, segment moments and time and say, I'm going to learn about this part of theology. I'm yeah. going to learn about yeah. Jesus's humanity and his divinity. Yeah. And then I'm going to learn about... theology. Yeah. And then I'm going to learn about... Uh, uh, the atoning, atonement, uh, yeah. what that meant. Uh, and so you, you break these down, right? Yeah. Well, what we see when we get a better picture of theology is that you can't just take one part and and separate it from the rest. Well, theology the is whole. the whole story. Got to look at the whole. Um, and so when we try to understand things, that's why we, we brought in, in this conversation today especially, we brought in this conversation from the Old Testament to the New Testament, to Jesus's death on the cross, but also his resurrection, yeah. um, and also the Holy Spirit coming. So we got Pentecost, like all of this stuff all plays together. Um, and so when we try to understand God in moments in time, 
in yeah. segments. And this is to the point of that question. We try yeah. to understand God just in this time. Where yeah. is he? We can't. You can't. It's no. impossible. It, it, it is. I mean, it, it's it's like trying to interpret scripture. It, it Basically, that's taking a... a a verse out of context. Yeah. Scripture should interpret scripture, correct? It right. Helps, it helps us understand it. Yeah. Jesus so helps us understand David. Yeah. Jesus helps us understand and David helps us understand Jesus. Jesus. Absolutely. Right. So yeah, continue. I'm sorry. No, I mean that that was the point. Um, is that you know, we have to take the whole approach. Um, mm -hmm. and when we talk about a moment in our life where we are questioning God, and it's not just related to this incident. I mean, we we all have stories and we all have other things going on besides this virus yeah. that's affecting our country. Yeah. Um, we've, we've got sickness, we've got illness, we've got um, people who are suffering from diseases, cancer, whatever else. Yeah. Um, and, and we've got these other things that are weighing on us and making us ask hard questions. But we can't take just this moment, just this fixed point in time and say, based on my experience with God right now, this is who God is. Mm -hmm. And not take into account everything else that's existed. Because sometimes the human experience betrays us. That's right. Um, so, uh, I heard, I heard a sermon earlier this week and this, this is kind of where, um, we're definitely not going to answer, speak to this completely. Yeah. There are volumes and volumes and volumes, uh, written towards this, um, towards this particular question from, from an atheistic standpoint, from a, a Christ follower standpoint, from an agnostic standpoint, you, you name it, it it's there, a scientific or uh, intelligent design, um, but for the believer, um, for those that are the church, um, we definitely need to answer this question by our presence. Yeah. Um, as the world is in pause, literally in pause, uh, the church is not and should not be necessarily in pause granted you know the sabbath uh keep it holy right god god expects more uh of our time than our tithe yeah. uh, tithe 10 percent time about 14 percent. if you look do all the yeah, math, on the, the math on the days and, and things week, like yeah. that but we also as a church need to be present um in the pause of the world and we need to be present by being who christ uh created us to be um, and stepping into the gap. But when we ask this question ourselves as believers in Christ, um, there are a couple of scriptures that, that I, I just wanted, want us to be reminded of. Uh, James, Jesus's half brother, uh, wrote a book called James. They weren't very creative. They weren't creative no. in naming their books. Um, <laughs> but he said in the first chapter, he said, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Um, That's a stupid statement. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, those are the things you wish that weren't in the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, trials of many kinds, um, meaning all kinds of issues that you would consider trials, whether regardless of the degree of magnitude. Yeah. Um, but... Consider it pure joy, uh, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, um, long-suffering, um, longevity, um, 
Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, I'm raising my hand if you can't see, uh, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him or her. Um, trials that we face, regardless of magnitude, size, um, regardless if they're global or if they're personal, and right now we're seeing the global crisis very personally, um, there is this refining that trials are supposed to have in our life. Um, and often what we do is we try to put them, push them arm's length and, and out of our life rather than sitting in them and letting them do the work in us. Um, moving from fear into faith um, and stepping into the moment and stepping into the, the trial. Um, and we can see through the cross and through um, the suffering that Jesus endured, that he endured it for the joy, as it says in Hebrews, scorning its shame, mm -hmm. um, and that we can have joy out of these things. Um, not to say that we're grateful for them. And, but, and, and not to, be, to confuse joy with happiness either. And not to confuse joy with happiness, but um, there is pure joy. As a result, if you sit in it and you allow it to do the work in you, rather than ignoring it, um, rather than, than pushing it away, um, it, rather than complaining about it, rather than asking the question why, um, the question should be one of the questions, not the question, quintessential question, but one of the questions that we should be asking is, what am I to learn and who am I to be out of this, on the other side of this trial, on the other side of this issue, on the other side of this quarantine, uh, on the other side of this economic, currently I would say <laughs> economic almost depression. Yeah, uncertainty uh, at least. At uncertainty. Who am I? What kind of mom, what kind of dad, who am I to be out of this? As a teenager, who am I to be out of this? And that should help us and guide us in the moment right now through the choices that we are making in this moment. This is a pause that we do not want to waste. Whether, whether it is stepping into the gap and, and doing good in the hood, or whether it's being with family, whether it's working on our heart, whether it's allowing God to, 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 to sit in the presence of God, and uh, I was reading today, and I was reading from John 15, um, and I, I wondered, uh, so Jesus says in John 15, I am the true vine, mm -hmm. and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. So I want to read that, reread that last part. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Wait, so he does hard stuff to the things that are going well? 
Yes, your sarcasm also <laughs> betrays you. <laughs> so in, in, in that verse, God cuts off branches and he prunes branches. Both hurt. Yeah. Both hurt. Both are painful. And I, I, I wrote down in my journal, <clears throat> um, well, I'll read, the, I'll read what I wrote down. Ooh, sneak peek into Stephen Ambrose's journal. Ay, ay, ay. You don't want this. Um, Get your pillows. So <laughs> I asked the question, again, asking hard questions is, we should be asking hard questions, especially in our faith. Yeah. Because um, faith is reasonable to a point, right? Are the testings of our faith, James chapter 1, 2, verse 3, are the testings of our faith the same as the pruning of our branches? Now, I, I don't want to answer that question here but because um, I'm still pondering that yeah. and, and processing that. But um, pruning hurts. But the idea of trials, I think I really do, maybe I am answering the question. I think the ideas of these trials that of many kinds, it, it it is to grind us, to um, purify, to bring holiness in our life, that we may be fruitful, that our lives should be fruitful. And right now the church must be fruitful yeah. um, in whatever shape or form. Anything short of sin, as Craig Rochelle says, um, we should be fruitful. But we need to step into this, but we also need to sit in this. Yeah. We need to sit in this trial. Whatever that looks like, we need to sit in it. And um, and so, what are your some what are some last thoughts you have as a result of this conversation? Yeah, I just I, you know, um, it's both a, a individual and a corporate work for the church to be successful in this mission to bear fruit to bear fruit as as a big C global entity, the church, the kingdom of God. Yeah, um, each of us must be allowing God to do that work in us. Mm -hmm. um, each one of us must be allowing God to prune and to cut away so that we can gr grow more fruit. And it's painful. And it's painful. And so, it hurts. So, so all of us endure the pain together in order that we might receive the reward together. Yeah. Yeah. All of us, and, and, and none of us get to determine uh, what trial qualifies for another person yeah. as a significant enough trial for them to true you know so so it's happening at an individual level um we don't get to determine whether or not this is something that should be rocking somebody else's world or not yeah um yeah if they're yeah. being rocked they're being rocked that's right and god's growing them through it yeah. um what we do is we come alongside yeah we come alongside one another in the midst of our suffering individually and corporately and we say, how can I help you in the midst of this? Yeah. How can I be a shoulder for you? How can you lean on me and how can I lean on you? Because sometimes it's a lot easier for a lot of us to offer a helping hand than to ask somebody else to help us. Huh. But we That's need, a whole new podcast. It is, but we need both. <laughs> we need both in yeah. this. Uh, yeah. we, we need to allow God to do the work in us. And we need to come alongside one another mm -hmm. to shoulder the burden and to care. Mm -hmm. So just just to wrap up, um, if you're the church, where are you in this? Um, if you are the church, where are you in this? Um, it's okay to ask those questions, but we're asking 
we've been asking our people, um, and so we're asking the church as a whole to to do good in their hood, um, to to go knock on doors, um, stay at a safe distance, social distancing, but don't knock on doors or make phone calls. Um, to one, make sure physical needs are taken care of. Um, to be generous, um, not hoard, uh, but and also to to provide some spiritual assistance. What can I pray for you for? I'm going to pray for that right now because uh, if we have that plumb line, if pray you pray now, pray later. Pray now, pray later, because uh, if you don't pray now, you won't pray later. Um, and so, um, church, where are you? Where are you in this? Um, what are you doing to elevate your community? Um, what are you doing to, uh, are you asking yourself the question, um, who am I to be at the other side of this? What am I to learn now? What am I to choose now? Uh, today, in this moment, what choices am I making now uh, in the pause uh, to, to be a better, um, better human being on the other side of this, um, to, to step into the way you're created, um, designed to live? Um, ask yourself, who am I to be at the other side of this? And I want to sit in this right now and do the work, um, do the work that I may be who God has created me to be. Um, folks, thank you for listening. Um, we know we're not experts by any means. We are just clamoring through this just like you are. Um, I'm grateful that we are able to have these conversations um, and have these discussions. And I'm grateful that God is, is in this. He is in this. Uh, he is in this. He's been in this before. He knew This did not surprise him. Our future does not surprise him. And uh, you cannot surprise him with your questions, um, but we need to be asking, yep. uh, asking those questions and sitting, sitting and listening for those answers. And so we're praying for you, Wapakoneta. Uh, we're praying for our, our leadership in, in, in our local leadership, our state leadership, our, our national leadership. Uh, we're praying for them, and uh, we, we love you. We hope that you're able to listen to our next uh, slide podcast. We do this every day, except for the days we don't. Uh, I stole that, so I give credit to those who I stole from. Um, but uh, we do this every day, except for the days we don't. We appreciate you. We love you. Um, if, if you're interested uh, in any more, we, we have more sermons uh, on Spotify and iTunes uh, on our website at wapaknaz.org. Um, and uh, if you'd like to partner with us, uh, we're definitely looking for, for partners. Um, prayer partners, but also financial partners. If you have been encouraged, if you have been deepened uh, in any way, shape, or form, and you would like to um, invest as we are investing in our community, if you would like to invest in the work of God through Wapaknaz, go to our website, wapaknaz.org, uh, click on Give, and you can set that up in, in one time or however you'd like to do that. We are appreciative uh, of all of you uh, for your partnering in prayer and your finances. Have a good day. We love you. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And please love your neighbor as yourself because we are loved people, loving people to Jesus. Have a good day. Bye.